Welcome back to the Northeast Newscast. In partnership with the Kansas City Museum as they prepare to reopen this fall, we're interviewing those who have been part of the museum's journey. This week, publisher Michael Bushnell catches up with former Parks and Recreation Director Mark McHenry and former City Architect Eric Bosch, who have been instrumental in the museum's renovation project from the beginning. So, uh, right out of the gate, Mark, you rose through the ranks at the Parks Department and worked with parks officials and neighborhood leaders over the years on a number of projects uh, at the Kansas City Museum. If you could single out one seminal event that led us to where we are today as a museum, what would that be? Well, good question, Michael. Thanks for asking. I think from my perspective of where we are here today, um, it ties back to... Uh, conversations that I was having with George Costello, uh, probably in the 2013 time frame, about the relationship between the Kansas City Museum and Union Station. And I think we all know the history of how the two of them got brought together, going back to the David Yuko days and all that. And, uh, and of course, there's history before that as well. But we were having those conversations in, in 2013 that uh, things weren't going as well as I think people might have hoped whether it's from the museum side, which is the Northeast focus, or whether it's Union Station side, and kind of what their mission and purpose was. So it came a point where it looked like maybe there needed to be something different. And then Christopher Leach became part of those discussions, and I think we know the history with Christopher, uh, having been the museum director and an employee at Union Station. So it came to a point of conversation where maybe something different needed to happen. And... Uh, George obviously cared about this facility. He cares about the community, and uh, and that wasn't the issue. He just realized that things may need to change. So we discussed about uh, bringing the uh, museum into the park system. Uh, we kind of jokingly said it was kind of a divorce or whatever the terminology <laughs> might be. We use that jokingly. And George and I are good friends, I will quickly say. I, I go back working with him at uh, Starlight Theater several years ago. Worked with him when he was down at the America and the Royal, and he's got a huge success story at Union Station, no question about it. But anyway, that's kind of when the pivotal moment came was during that. And we actually worked on some preliminary language about how we made it happen. And then in uh, February of 2014, we actually signed an agreement where we would transfer the operation and the governance of the uh, museum to the park system. And then from that point forward, we took it on, and I did a lot of you know public meetings up here, talking to the neighborhood associations, and I'm sure you were part of those too, Michael. Mm -hmm. About hey, who's the park department? How do they want to get involved? You know, we've had this history with the uh, Union Station. And it's time to look at a new focus, and I think they kind of appreciated that. And uh, I think a little bit of our our selling point at that time was that we'd worked with other cultural institutions, National War One Museum, uh, where Eric and I worked together for a period of time, which is now a pretty good success story. Kansas City Zoo, uh, you know, other cultural institutions. We kind of knew cultural institutions. We kind of knew museums. Um, so, but we were receivership. That's what we were. We had never intended to operate it as a department division. Um, and I think I probably brought it up early on at some point. And then the business plan said it. Let's get this in the hands of a foundation. The key to all this, I think, is the governance aspect of it. And uh, that would have been in... Uh, kicking it off. I think we did the agreement in February. We actually signed it to be effective May 1st of 2014. 
we always say, well, you know, it, it's going to take five to ten years. Well, it, you know, it's seven years to the day, hmm. exactly seven years a day, because it happened here in May of 2021. So May 2014, May 2021, it took seven years to get in the hands of the fund. So we were a receivership, basically, is what we were. Mm-hmm. We were kind of the in-betweeners. So now it's on its own as a foundation. And uh, that's kind of a quick history of all that. Now, there is history before that, of course, and we kind of got a little bit about what was going on. I mean, you've talked to Deb Herman, and I'm sure Ruth Ann Harper's name's come up a hundred times. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I kind of dabbled. I think I remember Elizabeth and Majid, the international architect, they had some concepts. They were going to do something out here in the park. And, and I kind of remember working with... Uh, um, you know, Scott Wagner, who mm-hmm. was Indian Mound, I believe. Yes. And, um, and then I first had kind of introduced this part, Carl DeCapo. You know, you know he's live over here on Van Brunt, you know, mm-hmm. in the park commissioner. We learned about him, and he's got a fountain down here, you know, the whole history of the park system. But So I kind of had a little bit of, but it didn't really come home until we realized that we were going to actually be in charge of this facility for a while. And, of course, what it takes um, it takes a good foundation and it takes good leadership. And you've got Anna Marie in the executive director role, and then it took a while for that foundation to get their legs. Um, I say five to ten years. I mean, it took us almost ten years to turn the zoo over the Friends of the Zoo, because mm-hmm. it was a division of parks. Right. It took us probably six or seven years to get the Liberty Memorial Association to take over Liberty Memorial. That was a division of parks. There again. But, you know, that's why always f- focused on the governance aspect and the governance is the key to it because both of those institutions are doing very well today. Starlight mm-hmm. Theater is another one. Right. I mean, they're all cultural icons and this one up here is going to become a cultural icon. Eric? You know, I'd like to add on to what Mark said about the pivotal piece. Um, you know, I've been involved in the museum for a long time and did a lot of the work um, on a shoestring budget. And I was ecstatic the day that I found out that Parks was going to take it over. And, and then bringing in somebody that really cared about museums and really wanted to focus on the longevity of the museum and, and making sure that the neighborhood was involved. So I, I think that's really the piece that I was excited about because we would be doing things to try to keep this building intact. And that kind of led to um, knowing that the leadership at Parks was going to really make sure this was going to be a real project now because what we were doing was just just trying to help the building survive. And I, to, speaking to that almost specifically, when I did sit down with former city councilwoman Deb Herman, mm-hmm. she said this is absolutely a case mm-hmm. where instead of a house holding up the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. The neighborhood actually yeah, held up yeah, this house. Exactly. Yeah. And the the community is a large part of why we're here today. Mm-hmm. And, and I think there was a lot of involvement from the neighborhood mm-hmm. once they found out that Parks was going to get involved, mm-hmm. that they um, welcomed that. Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of people come out that we never saw before. Mm-hmm. And I think they were always worried what we were up to mm-hmm. when we were taking the roof off or, mm-hmm. or having scaffolding around the building. Remember the prison windows? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Prison windows. And took those out. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. an issue. And, and I kind of remember, you know, that, you know, the windows, the HVAC system. Mm-hmm. There was some story behind the elevator, if I remember something about oh, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I don't know if you were going <laughs> on the elevator. Oh, I've heard of it. Yeah. No, I, uh, <laughs> and elevator. that's gone now, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. And, uh, and that was that. Hayek money being used at the time, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I think yeah. Bob Lawler was involved in yeah. it. Yeah, and, uh, it was. Facilities. Yeah, he was in facilities in the argument. He worked for Park for a while, so mm-hmm. I kind of tapped his brain a little bit, and uh, so that was part of it. You know. 
Well, both of you have worked in tandem with Anna Marie Tutera as project managers in shepherding mm-hmm. the project forward over the last decade. Mm-hmm. What are, and we've kind of covered this a little bit, and if you've got some more to add to this, what are some of the most important points mm-hmm. of your partnership mm-hmm. that you'd like our readers to know in regards to how important is it to the Kansas City Museum past and present and forward? Well, how, how'd you meet Anna Marie? So, uh, yeah, let's blame this on Mark. Yeah. So, um, uh, there was an event that the park, I guess probably the week before, the parks department had, um, approved Anna Marie being hired and, and that's after the museum had, had moved over to parks. And so Anna Marie and I met at this event because of Mark. And, um, guys, I would say that, um, that's where passion and inspiration met. Yeah. <laughs> So I was it. What was it? The beer fest? Yeah, it was at my. We were probably drinking or something. <laughs> so anyway, I take you quite frankly, you know, and I'm, I'm glad I had a chance to uh, introduce uh, Eric to Anna Marie. I mean, simply yeah. stated, and then I kind of got out of the way. And those guys have established a great relationship. And I think at the takeaway is you need to get people meeting people. Yeah. You know, in this case, it was Kismet. You know, the two of them got together and stuff, and uh, that's how it works. And the other one I'll mention uh, is Mary Davidson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I worked with her at the National War One Museum. And Eric did a great job over the National War One Museum. I was the project manager on that for all the restoration of the building. And then we came in to do the exhibits. Eric stepped in, mm-hmm. working out of City Hall to help out. So we got to know each other working on the National War One Museum, yeah. which in some ways is a lot of what we're doing here. It's a museum. Right. And yeah. it's a building restoration first, and then it's a museum exhibits. And you know, we learned a lot about doing exhibits and mm-hmm. doing all the design construction stuff. So we got to know each other, so I thought it was important that he become part. And he's done a great job now on, you know, helping through the... I tried really hard to go work for him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he did. I almost worked for me. Yeah, I tried, to, I tried to, and we couldn't. It was just miss. one signature way. Yeah, Troy Schultes, by the way, is who that signature was. Troy was the one I asked him, I'm sorry, he, I asked him uh, about uh, parks, yeah. and he said, I just found out that Jackson County has a couple of bulldozers, and if I'd have known that before, I'd be over ah. there on a bulldozer. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, go ahead. You know, and it's Mary was over there, and she was running. She was the board chair, and then our director left, and so she ran it for a while. So, you know, Mary, you got to get involved in the Kansas City Museum. So I introduced Mary and Anna, and they're a lot alike. Yeah, uh, and you can imagine you probably talked to Mary too, but she's mm-hmm. the key to it. I mean, you've got her as a foundation chair, and you've got several good board members on that foundation, and then you've got Anna Marie that kind of pulls it all together, and it was just destined to happen. And and, of course, you know the history with Anna Marie having lived up here. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah. we discovered her over at the uh, Russell Majors Waddell House. Right. And she had that Warnell House in Russell Majors. And uh, so that's when we first met her. Uh, Terry Reiner and I first met her when she was working there. And then when we had a position to fill, we thought, well, bring Anna Marie up here. So anyway, you, there again, history is certain. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't two weeks after we met that we were planning a trip to New York. Yeah, I remember that. So we, we made, I think we made th- three trips to New York to go look at mm-hmm. houses that had been turned into museums, mm-hmm. and then I uh, went to D.C. a couple times, mm-hmm. and then we actually went to Crystal Bridges down in Bentonville to look okay. at their museum. Mm-hmm. It's time to take a break to thank our sponsors. Shemekas Online Market in Delhi, offering catering and nationwide shipping at shemekasonline.com. Find their new deli at 16th and Swift in North Kansas City. Shemekas, where customers become friends and friends become family. From classics to campers, hot rods to hoopties, Seaberg Muffler, your exhaust headquarters since 1974, Armour Road in Burlington in North Kansas City, Missouri. 
KC Care Health Center cares for more than 19,000 underserved and uninsured Kansas City residents. This year, KC Care celebrates 50 years of providing compassionate, patient-centered health care to everyone who needs it. Learn more about KC Care at kccare.org. KC Care, the heart of community health care. And now back to the newscast. And yeah, and Anna Marie, the, the funny story. I don't know if you know the the story of the Motel Capri sign. Oh yeah, um, yeah <laughs> they were they were tearing down the motel, yeah. and the demolition contractor was Chuck Cacciopo. And I guess she and Anna Marie, or he and Anna Marie, excuse me, mm-hmm. are very good friends. Mm-hmm. And so that's when when I said, well, Chuck's got the contract. And Anna said, well, I know Chuck. And she went, she actually went over there and mm-hmm. talked with Chuck, and mm-hmm. then brought. What was it? The neon gallery on board yes. to dismantle the sign, just mm-hmm. literally screw by screw and piece by piece. Mm-hmm. And we've got a deal going on. Don't tell anybody, but we're going to put it on top of the museum. That's relationships. People know people. And that's how the stuff works. You know, and the more you're around the city, more people get to know people and somebody knows somebody and you connect the dots and that's how it happens. Mm-hmm. And that's I, I think that's what is really kind of a neat part of this project is the partnerships that yeah. have mm-hmm. that have been forged and will be working together well, moving forward. Say that. I think that the same thing happened when this house was built. When all this property was built, Mr. Long had all these partnerships, mm-hmm. and that's probably the only way it got built. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because he had to he had to go talk to Herman Schmelzer and mm-hmm. Judge Wallace. Yeah, new, new and, houses, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, he literally moved the earth yeah. in, in order to build this. I'm going to, both of you, feel free to chime in. The support for uh, end of the historic Northeast community over the years has been very hands-on, going back to 1987, Mark, when you helped uh, christen the new Cliff Drive Fountain. Mm-hmm. And I've got, I've got them right here. I've got a picture of you and Carl DeCapo yeah. with, with the yeah. champagne bottle yeah. on the deal. How important were the, were the community people that you worked with, Ruth Ann, Mary Therese Carroll, uh, in the historic Northeast community and to greater Kansas City at large? Well, very, very important. And I go back to meeting Carl when he lived on Van Brunt's and he's moved out of, of course, he's living over in the Crown Center area right now, but he's the guy that kind of knew Northeast. And, you know, the, as you know, the, 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 the history of that fountain was more like a watering hole. Mm-hmm. And we turned it into more of an architectural feature and put Carl's name on it. And uh, and then we we've done Cliff Drive has been a challenge, as you know. I mean, we uh, we obviously have had some challenges with the dumping and stuff. And we created that Cliff Drive Corridor Management Committee, uh, and that was an offshoot, actually required by the state city by requirement. And I'll give a lot of credit to Mike Heron for doing that. He's the one that got that going, and uh, we got some funding, and we've done some things over the years. And so the Corridor Management Committee, and that was back in the same time frame. Uh, and all the people you mentioned, uh, uh, Rita Nell and Ruth Ann Harper and uh, Josephine, Carroll. Josephine Carroll. I remember Josephine. And, and they were part of it. And, you know, we've, of course, we've got uh, Scare Renaissance. We've got Pemberton Heights. We've got Lycans. We've got what, five neighborhoods up there. Up six. There, six neighborhoods. Six. And uh, going back, Indian Mound, of course, is mm-hmm. part of that, too. So I think it was very important to work with them on all that and kind of create some focus on what's going to happen along the drive. And, you know, we talked about a lot of things, you know, whether it's we started that car-free weekends because, you know, truck traffic and car traffic wanted to get more pedestrian and bicycle traffic along there. And uh, so that was important. And the fountains of Now, I will tell you today, Carl, I talked to Carl just recently. Carl, you talked to him at all recently? <laughs> 
Yeah, actually, this is, this is great because he called me mm-hmm. today, Tuesday. I think it was last Thursday or yeah. Wednesday or yeah. Thursday. Yeah. And he said that people are calling him. They can't get to his fountain. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, Carl. Yeah. So I guess he called up Roosevelt or somebody. Yeah. I don't know who he called. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. Carl, what do you want us to do? Open yeah. Cliff Drive. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. said, okay, so when is this going to happen? And, <laughs> honest to God, he says, well, I'm having an operation next Friday, so it's got to happen before then. Yeah, same thing called me up. Yeah. So, He's like 94, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He'll tell you that, too, you know. And God love him, you know. I'm, of course, you know, I go back in the days and, you know, Italian gardens and, and you know, greet everybody at the door and all that stuff. But anyway, quick way of answering a question about the history of Kessler Park, Cliff Drive. You know, Kessler Park is our sixth largest park in the system. It's over 300 acres, so it's a good-sized park. Beautiful piece of land, and the drive, of course, is the key to it. And um, But it's had its challenges, as you know. And uh, But we've done a lot. I mean, we did, you know, redone the concourse up here a couple times, worked on the fountain. So some of the... Other things uh, have happened a little bit off the the wooded areas, but uh, anyway, there's some history there. And I think what was was 179,000 is that the Piac is going to go towards the restoration of the colonnade. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah, th- yeah. I think that was Scarrett, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. That got yeah. that Scarrett yeah. just mm-hmm. was able to secure that. So that's mm-hmm. 179 towards mm-hmm. you know 600. And I know that they're looking for yeah, they got some earmark money, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Earmark? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to mm-hmm. put those. And you know how this works. Okay, we're going to leverage this with that, right? And in order to make it go forward, Eric, what about you? I would say it's more current time um, when the planning stages were going on for the museum, and it was kind of a mystery because no one really knew what was going on. But, you know, Anna Marie and, and Paul, the museum staff, put together these concerts on the lawn, and I think that brought the neighborhood mm-hmm. to to the site so they could actually see that this is serious. Something's really going to happen here. And that was all about art and culture programming and, mm-hmm. and you know, musical and, and just getting neighbors together. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's when the neighbors really felt that they were um, comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they had some assurance that something was really going to happen. And then anytime we would get ready to do anything, we'd have a meeting over at the carriage house and the neighborhoods, all the different neighborhoods came and got to see the plans and felt like they were part of it and gave their input. And I think the event part of it is uh, as a neighborhood resident, you know, I, I do double duty. I do this and I'm also I also live here. And I think that's really when people really I agree. People started to see, hey, there's something going on here. And especially that first derby party. Yes. And just good example. It's, oh, my God. Look at this place. Will you look at that? <laughs> and what's happening here? Oh, well, I got to get involved. And it, I think that is that snowballed. And now. We're on the cusp of reopening as a regional cultural institution, which I'll kind of get into. I mean, we had a few of them on the Derby Day in May, and then, of course, I think we're doing it now in September. Mm -hmm. But the point is, you're right. I got people up that would probably have never come in this part of the city, you know. Yeah, and it's great to to get people from outside this part of the city up here. Yeah, and that that was always and Mark, you've probably and both of you probably been on home tours before up here. Mm-hmm. So anything to draw the people mm-hmm. up here is is a good thing, as long as it's historic in nature. I'm not going to yeah. talk. About it. no, it's, it's important. Yeah. yeah. Eric, you were a part of creating a diverse team for this project um, with IAA, JED, Gallagher & Associates, as well as historians, curators, and artists, while simultaneously overseeing the city's 1% for art program. Uh, tell us how you chose, or tell us how you and Anna Marie involved artists, 
uh, in the design of the Kansas City Museum and why you chose to involve artists at that level? Sure. Um, one thing that we really wanted to create uh, when we started the project and got the architect's um, contract on board is to involve artists early on. And we wanted them to be part of the team. So we started something that has now taken hold, I think, in the city and some of the bigger projects for the art are bringing art, they're bringing artists along with their team for the architects. Either the city hires them, you know, parks might hire them or actually the architects might hire them. But these are artists that are consultants, advisors, um, making, shepherding the project maybe through. And they were very instrumental at the beginning. We thought maybe this was, they should stay on. So they were involved throughout the whole project. There were three different artists that came on that gave advice to international architects, um, gave advice to J.E. Dunn Construction, and, and really were here at all the meetings and listened to what was going on and understood how a project like this is put together. Then we stepped into the 1% for Art program, and they were instrumental in being on the panel for the artist selection for the 1% for Art. So art, art has been part of this from the beginning, and I now know that other city projects, including the airport, have used the same model. The, it was really neat for us to be able to cover that first permanent installation mm-hmm. that you walked past yeah. uh, coming away from the elevators sure. and then having uh, Hector's wife do, be part of this project, as well as Zach Lehman, who's got work out in the carriage house right now. And I think his work is going to go into one of the I don't know whether it's the east or west the stairwell. stairwell. The stairwell. Yeah, right. So it's been it's been really neat to see those people involved in other projects and then to see them become involved with this project as their chosen field. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just real. I just, it brings that whole local mm-hmm. thing home. And I'm, I'm really tickled about that. Well, I think a lot of credit goes to Eric when he was overseeing the 1% for art program from the city architects. You know, we've had a lot of history, 1% for art in the city going back for years. And, you know, we had going back to Blair Sands and Heidi Bellardo and Porter Arneal and just think of the people in that. And then, uh, Elizabeth was there for a while, and then I think they kind of changed focus on the arts, and then Eric picked it all, you know. And uh, I know he got involved in a lot of art projects throughout the city, and but I think that integration of art and architecture, because there's a there's a fine line between, mm-hmm. uh, but they have different disciplines, but there's some connectivity. So you integrate the art within the project. Mm-hmm. You don't do just plop art like you know you do all this, and by the way, you just sticks up an or yeah. lawn or in a parking lot or something. Yeah. But, I mean, that's that's the key to that. And uh, I know there are some challenges there. Mm-hmm. And, but I think you're right as far as how it's tied into some of the stuff, like the airport, for example, and other projects. And plus, it's a great uh, way to display local art. Exactly. Well, I think the architects learned a lot from the artists, and definitely Jay Dunn's mm-hmm. Crossman. They mm-hmm. learned so much from mm-hmm. how to approach something and mm-hmm. the, what we call view sheds that mm-hmm. maybe you'll see, you know, molding or trim or, or what's, what are you going to see when you actually get in the museum? Mm-hmm. And only artists can sometimes see that. Mm-hmm. It's a, it, that, you know, the way I see things, you know, maybe as a journalist isn't really the way you see things as an architect or mm-hmm. as a public official and bringing all of that together. Mm-hmm. And that's another one of those partnerships here again. Yes. That, that works very well moving forward. So I want to talk about a little bit different partnership. All right. Um, the, when I, when I sat down and talked with Troy Schulte, yeah. former city manager, he's now with Jackson County. 
And um, we expressed some concerns in regards to uh, the condition of the parks coming up here. And he indicated that that might be a good public-public uh, partnership for him. So, Mark, as a, as a commissioner for the Missouri Department of Conservation, and we've talked a little bit about it. We've got the scenic byway, yep. Cliff Drive Scenic Byway right here. What kind of resources can MDC bring to the table? Well, a good uh, good question, Michael. I uh, you know the scenic byway is under MoDOT, so it's mm-hmm. another division of state government. But no, I think there could be some definite possibility. You know, uh, if you followed much of what MDC's done over the years and kind of tracked what we do as a state agency, uh, you know, our mission is to manage and protect the fish, forest, and wildlife of the state of Missouri. Mm-hmm. And of course. Forest is obviously about trees and things that grow, and then of course fish is you know what fish are, right? And and wildlife, which is the critters, you know, it's birds and mammals and everything else. So you know if there's anything within Cliff Drive, and I'm almost assure you there's some critters down there or wildlife, and there's a lot of trees. Yeah, we can bring something to the table on that. And but the way we do these things, and you know we kind of use the word a lot on partnerships, we've got to work with somebody to do that. And they have to kind of be in there. You know, we don't own that land. It's Casey Parks land. Mm-hmm. If Casey Parks comes to us, you know, we're open to that discussion. Uh, and they say it's 300 acres, good chunk of land. I go back to that corridor management committee. I'm not sure where they are today on that, um, but it's citizen-based. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you get a citizen's group, which is going to be folks that are probably volunteering, um, and then you get the park system together, we're open to those discussions. And we are trying to do more as a department in the urban areas. I will just simply say that uh, as the only urban commissioner on that four member commission, uh, I represent Kansas City. My three fellow commissioners are in other parts of the state that are not urban areas, mm-hmm. um, not totally rural, but they're nothing populous as the city. Um, that's been my focus. We did some strategic planning here uh, over the last year. We created a community conservation folks, so folks that can focus more on what the community needs are than what maybe the rural areas are. I mean, a lot of what we do in NBC is is hunting and fishing. I mean, there is fishing. We do stock in North Terrace Lake, for example. Mm-hmm. But you're not hunting elk in Kester Park. Oh, no. <laughs> and that never happened, whereas we're doing elk hunting in the southern part of the state, for example, or deer, whatever. So we're not involved in that part. But we are in community conservation, which is, you know, it could be the forestry management component of it. It could be, you know, wildlife uh, preservation, native planting, uh, you know, you, there's a lot of things we can do. And so I think we could do. But the key to that is to bring a group together and then have us come in to accent that or come part of that discussion. Um, if, it's not our land. If if the mm-hmm. Cliff Drive Corridor Management Committee were to yeah. reform. Right. And, mm-hmm. get, you know, get legs and get moving again. Mm-hmm. That would be a viable. Yeah pathway to yeah. work with MDC yeah, you just on that partnership. Yeah, you just and we'll assign some staff to work with you, and uh, we, uh, that's part of our mission. And uh, we're quick to do, and we do a lot of things, these community partnerships. I mentioned, you know, stocking the lake, and we do boat ramps, and we do, you know, a good thing amount of, you know, if people have an issue about, you know, remember the urban issue with the uh, emerald ash borer, for example, mm-hmm. the tree problems. Well, we're advisors. We have a lot of scientists in uh People that specialize in, you know, whether it's in the forestry management or uh, pasture management or native grasses or whatever. And uh, and we do that. And I think we can do more of that. But someone has to kind of officially make the request, mm-hmm. which is not that hard. But they got to kind of, you see what I'm saying, they kind of right. need to kind of get themselves organized first. Okay. And that was former city architect Eric Bosch and former Parks and Recreation Director Mark McHenry. 
We thank them for their time and expertise as we anticipate the museum's grand reopening. And thank you for listening to the Northeast Newscast. For all our episodes, articles, and more, visit northeastnews.net. As we continue our 90-year tradition of delivering free newspapers to Northeast residents, now you can help the Northeast News continue to produce community journalism directly by joining us on Patreon at patreon.com slash northeastnewskc. In exchange, we hope to offer our Patreon subscribers access to exclusive content.